we also feel and take great responsibility in leaning into our community and what we do to help educate, inform them, help them survive and thrive. It's an age-old question. Can you do well by doing good? Welcome to the Grow for Good podcast, where we speak with leaders who strive to make a positive impact on the world. Here's the host of the Grow for Good podcast, Jed Morey. If you're in a non-Hispanic-run household, you might only be familiar with Telemundo peripherally. Among the Hispanic community in the U.S., however, NBC Universal Telemundo is a giant. With 90% penetration into Latino households in the U.S., Telemundo is the voice of nearly 60 million people with Hispanic heritage that make up 20% of the U.S. population. Beyond disseminating information and being a cultural touchstone, Telemundo understands the role it plays in Hispanic culture and society. The company places a tremendous emphasis on its corporate social responsibility initiatives, and we were lucky enough to speak with the head of CSR for Telemundo to hear how their mission to positively impact their audience goes beyond a fair presentation of the news. Christina Kolbjörsson came to Telemundo via a circuitous path, but there's no question that she's home. Armed with an economics degree and a master's in public policy, Christina had a successful career in corporate America before snagging the opportunity to lead the CSR efforts for an organization that she truly loves and admires. In our wide-ranging conversation, Christina and I talk about the double shot of coronavirus and an intense election that put a spotlight on America's growing Hispanic population and how these factors influence CSR at Telemundo in 2020. We also talk about what's in store for the new year, the types of partnerships that the company seeks in the community, and how to measure the impact of their efforts. Welcome back to the Grow for Good podcast. I'm Jed Morey, CEO of Morey Creative Studios, executive producer of Newsbeat, and the host of Grow for Good. And this week, we're speaking with Christina Kolbjörsson, who is the Senior Vice President of Corporate and External Affairs at Telemundo, where she oversees public affairs, corporate social responsibility, diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as community engagement and strategic partnerships in support of NBC Universal Telemundo's business goals, including El Poder in T, the power in you. Christina, welcome. Thank you, Jed. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is great to have you here. NBC Universal Telemundo is an extremely influential media company in the United States, and it has almost total penetration into uh, Hispanic households in the United States and a global content footprint. And we're going to focus on some of the CSR efforts and El Poder and T specifically, but I want to start with you and your career so we can learn a little bit about your journey, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. My pleasure. I know from our pre-show and from obviously researching a little bit that you are a native New Yorker. You are from where we are from and uh, actually spent even some time on Long Island where we are at Stony Brook. So that essentially makes us family. Most people outside of New York wouldn't understand that, but we're essentially related. I know you're at Telemundo now, but you received a degree in economics and then had a pretty remarkable journey through the world of finance, most recently at Wells Fargo. What actually led you to take over this role at Telemundo? Jed, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit of my story and my journey into Telemundo. Um, indeed, I did study economics um, in undergrad at Stony Brook, and I'm a proud New Yorker. And my time on Long Island was absolutely fabulous and wonderful. And I go back every chance I get, even though right now I am based and live in Florida. So from there, I actually ended up transferring um, to the Washington, D.C. area and diving into public affairs. 
I received a graduate degree in public affairs and public policy um, and management. And the reason I bring that up is because it's very much tied to what I'm doing today at Telemundo. So my journey after school has spans the gamut, but very involved in a lot of communications, public relations, marketing, but always with a twist on community involvement, public affairs, um, government relations. And so the opportunity with Telemundo presented itself to really lean into the Latino community in doing what I have been doing my entire career, right, which is essentially advocating through communications and marketing what is what are the opportunities out there for our communities and help them advance and grow. And so considering the vast growth opportunity within the Latino community in the United States, 60 million plus and counting, it was absolutely, it made a complete sense for me to really dive into that opportunity and share what I had been practicing in mainstream America, right? Specifically related to programs, but also diving into specific diverse segments and really truly understanding them as a whole and going deep into the Latino community and bringing that knowledge to them, focusing solely, almost entirely in helping convey what it really is to be supportive of them and helping them advance and thrive. So I want to hang on this idea of the Latino community in general, because one of the themes I want to hit on this episode is how Telemundo and other companies in the Latinx community have to represent themselves because of the broad constituencies. Before we were in digital media, we were actually in the radio business. And I remember that a number of the Anglo broadcasters would make the mistake of assuming that the Hispanic audience was a monolith. And it where it really couldn't be further from reality in that case. There are so many diverse pockets and constituencies within the larger community with different backgrounds, cultures, and experiences. I'm wondering, how does Telemundo walk the line of appealing to the Latinx community in a broad sense while still honoring regional and cultural nuances? Uh, that's it's a terrific question and one that we dive into quite often in our world, as you can imagine. Indeed. The Hispanic community in the U.S. is not a monolithic group. Uh, Diverse cultures come into play, also different integration points, right? So from various countries and having come at various stages in their um, journey, whether it's first generation, new arrivals, or Hispanics who have been part of the fabric of America for generations. And so navigating through that, um, is something that we excel at because that is essentially our audience. It is precisely the community and the viewers that we serve. And so a lot of the work that we put on the back end is really doing that research and finding those insights that speak specifically to our viewers and to our community and understanding really truly what is it that they need, what is their interest, what ticks them. And how do we best approach our storytelling, whether it is through a scripted series uh, in the evening hours or whether it's through our news programs, which we have a number of throughout the day, 
well into the night or whether it's through our unscripted series, which are kind of like the live sort of shows, right? So how do we navigate all of those nuances so that we do respond to what is of greatest interest to our Hispanic community? Truly understanding the fabric of what makes that community and and where their needs are is how we approach everything that we do. No, that's amazing. It was interesting and sort of funny to watch uh, the major news networks during the election cycle try to pin down. We'll talk a little bit actually about the election because uh, you had a, a huge part in uh, engagement initiatives there. Uh, but I, I thought it was funny watching the news channels try to pin down the the Latin vote. What is this going to mean in the United States? And then how surprised people were that South Florida and with Cuban heritage went different than Arizona. And that's like, well, yeah. These are very, very different people with very different experiences. And the other media tends to just try to lump people into one broad basket. So fascinating how Telemundo not only is forced to break it down, but ha- breaks it down because that's, it's, that's the way it's supposed to be. So leaning into corporate social responsibility, we talk to a lot of amazing people on this show about CSR. And I'm always struck by the initiatives that we learn about because you can't really ever assume how they came about or how it's touched the employees of a company, because it tends to be a rallying point inside a company. People feel really good that they have a department or or a mission to their organization, but I never assume what it actually means to an organization. Can you put into words what CSR means for Telemundo? Truly, CSR is part of the fabric, the DNA of Telemundo. And I say that because that's why I believe it is so important to the company, but also why it works. It is truly part of everything we believe in from top down. It is embraced and supported from the chairman on. It is part of what we do every day. It's not just, we walk the talk, in other words. And because we are the leading Spanish language network in the U.S., we also feel and take great responsibility, right, in leaning into our community and what we do to help educate, inform them, help them survive and thrive. And that is just seen throughout not just what we do in CSR, but truly what we do across the board company-wide, department-wise, top to bottom. Some of the listeners of the show uh, tune in because they're aspiring entrepreneurs or, or would like to take their company into a culture, more of a culture of mission or giving. Can you tell us maybe, I guess, the difference in describing CSR as a concept, the difference between having charitable giving and, and charitable endeavors as part of the company, like, oh, at the holidays, we do X versus actually having CSR in the DNA of the company and always top of mind in the decision-making process. Can you help us unpack the differences between the two so people can understand CSR is a little bit different than just giving? Indeed, it is different from giving. I mean, there's part, part of it, right, does have to be tied to philanthropic good, but it is different. And the way I look at it is that it really is more of a strategic partnership, right? Especially when it comes to developing programs and initiative that matter and have an impact in the community. I often say 
it's easy to write a check and move on. It is something else to have to sit down and have a conversation and develop initiative and partnerships that directly solve for or impact a specific need of the communities that you serve. So from a Telemundo perspective, because we serve primarily our U.S. Latino community, I always have that lens and start every conversation with a deep understanding of what I know, what the team knows the community needs are. And based on that, how do they align with the values of the partnership and how do we move forward together in helping to solve for it? So in that spirit, can you tell us about El Poder in T? So El Poder in T, the power in you, is our corporate social responsibility platform um, for Telemundo. It, we launched it in June of 2016. And Completely, again, based on research, I'm a sort of a research and insights geek when it comes to developing programs, because I want to always make sure that we are not just kind of taking for granted what we know or don't know, right? With an economics degree and a public policy master's, I I, I didn't guess that about you. (laughs) How surprising. Indeed, indeed. So we made sure before even launching or thinking about what are the areas of opportunity for us to be helpful in what we do every day. And and how does that tie back to the mission of Telemundo? And surfaced originally three pillars and areas of focus that we really felt that the community would benefit from. And that was education, healthcare or health, and really financial empowerment. From Mm -hmm. there, we added a fourth pillar around civic engagement. So you mentioned earlier in our conversation how involved we were in helping our community understand the most recent elections. And that's where that really stemmed from, is really having that understanding of what the community need and how we can leverage our tools and resources in helping inform them. Um, through that process. So we have four focus areas under El Poder in Ti, which is our CSR platform. And that's essentially what we focus on in everything that we bring forth when it comes to CSR. So before we lean into the fourth pillar there, because I do have some follow-up questions on the uh, political engagement front, it's interesting you talk about financial empowerment. That's it was at the third pillar. Yes. Is that what you mentioned? Help us understand in practice when you're advising communities on on financial empowerment or something that a lot of people just sort of sort of shut their eyes to it. It's too much for them to think about and and you know, you have to meet people where they are and break things down into the simplest of forms. How does Telemundo begin that conversation? of financial empowerment so that it's real to people so they understand it and that they can have logical steps to follow? Great question. Um, And it is a very difficult topic, right? Most people, to your point, shut down or they either shut down because it's just too complex, right? Or Mm -hmm. believe that they know enough and don't really want folks to kind of get into their financial world. So it's really about leveraging the trust that we have developed with the community in being a resource for them and breaking it down to being factual and informative. 
So whether it's about, you know, what are the steps to buying a home? What is the impact of having good credit, bad credit? And how does that follow you through your journey? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and really understanding where your audience is at, right? Because many of us, the financial journey is a long one, right? And you can enter it at any given point. And not everyone is on the same spectrum. Um, you may be thinking about, you know, if you're a millennial, buying your first car, buying your first home, that is a different entry point than, say, someone who's a bit older and thinking more about retirement. And that's the conversation that you want to be having. Or in the middle and trying to run a company, manage a mortgage, and has two kids about to head into the college years. Exactly. And oh, I'm sorry. No, was I projecting you? for a second? <laughs> I feel your pain. I have two kids in college myself. And so- Oh, boy. Um, I'm with you it's a one. lot. So those conversations, you know, it's really about bringing forth the resources that are already out there. Right. But finding them in Spanish- language of tours for our viewers and our audience and distilling it to them and just breaking down those barriers to entry into those conversations. I'll give you an example of something that actually that I helped launch along with the team at the Lemundo because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Small and medium-sized businesses, as we all know, have been greatly impacted from the pandemic, coronavirus hit small businesses very hard, and more so the Hispanic small and medium-sized businesses, 4.4 million of them in the U.S. And from one day to the next, we all woke up to this reality. The economy was shutting down. We really did not know how long this was going to last and certainly didn't know that it would be December and we'd still be managing through it. We quickly realized that we needed to offer our Hispanic small and medium-sized businesses help, you know, how to pivot, what to do, what is out there, what are the opportunities to survive. And so we quickly connected with the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, Mm. partnered with them, and created a campaign that we called Our Businesses, in Spanish is Nuestros Negocios, and pulled together a series of storylines through our on-air television, our local stations across the U.S., on web, on social, digital, essentially leverage our multi-platform offerings to help small and medium-sized businesses understand what resources were out there, created a microsite to direct them to, to leverage the information shared the information with them in Spanish, but also highlighted a lot of the small businesses that are in our communities so that folks can understand the impact of what of the pandemic right on them and to help support them. So one of my favorite stories is how by highlighting them, right, we helped some folks decide, you know, once a week I'm gonna order delivery or takeout from a small restaurant to help them stay afloat and continue to be able to manage through these difficult, challenging times. It proved to be incredibly effective. We had millions of visitors into our microsite following 
our biweekly online chats with experts. We brought forth experts through all industries offering their expertise to help folks understand the journey, how they could potentially pivot if possible, and also offered, of course, all the resources that our government was offering, the uh, PPP loan as an example. So really surfacing everything that was out there to help them, I guess, survive through these, these very difficult times. So let's go into that fourth pillar then, because it's a good bridge to it. We had this massive pandemic in the middle of perhaps the most interesting political contest of of our lifetime, <laughs> and and hopefully it will be the most interesting of our lifetime. And that's it. Yes. And they all get a little more normal than whatever this was. But the election was a huge part of the initiatives and the outreach this year, in particular, I think voter registration, and a lot of attention was was paid in the media to the fact that the Latinx voting bloc is large enough now to be a true determining factor in the outcome. And several of those large voting blocks were in key swing states. So before we talk about the election specifics, can you actually describe what Telemundo's role was in generating engagement? Was it voter registration or was it uh, awareness of particular issues that might impact you in a specific region? Was it a combination of that? What did these measures actually look like? So Jed, we approached it in really an, a holistic way. Our number one goal was to educate and be the voice for and about Hispanics in this election year. So it was about educating them about the process, about engagement, about the issues, taking part in numerous town halls and conversations to help bring forth the information to them. Part of that, of course, also had to do with voter registration. This year, for the first time ever, Latinos were the largest ethnic minority group eligible to vote. And so knowing that, we wanted to also make sure that they understood not only the importance of what that meant, but that they understood the process of how to register to vote and what are the steps that are necessary to get to election day. There is a process involved and how do you do it? We put tools and resources at their fingertips to make it that much easier for them and brought it to them in both English and Spanish and across multiple platforms. Because of the pandemic, we were very limited in that we could not have in-person engagements, right? So we had to quickly pivot and think through what are the platforms that are at, at our disposal to help bring forth these information. So whether it was social, digital, on air, any which way we could actually reach out and help share that information we did. Am I correct in my assumption that you're actually viewed as rather nonpartisan in that respect? Absolutely. It's all about being neutral. The goal was not to be partisan in one way or the other. It was purely to be factual and educational and informative. We did not nor do we ever attempt to lean one way or the other. That is not our role. We present the facts, we share the information, and leave it up to our communities. What's wrong with you guys? To make make the decision. No, what's wrong with you? That's not the way corporate media is supposed to behave. absolutely the way it is. No, no. You're not supposed to have integrity and be nonpartisan and be factual and 
You're supposed to have your your candidates and your your predisposed ideas and, and then shove them down everybody's throat. No? That's not how it works at Telemundo? No, that would not be the Telemundo way. Oh, okay. How how fascinating. Maybe some other outlets can take note of that. It's about the facts. <laughs> presenting, presenting them as is. <laughs> so I did hear you, in all seriousness, mentioned on another show that your polls and your research suggested that, um, and I'm going to reinforce a point here about the fact that even though it's a different language and with different cultural uh, biases and aspects, it is still, we're talking about people and humans and, and with the same issues and the same problems. Because you had mentioned that your research suggested the coronavirus and the economy were the two top issues for Latino voters this year. What a big surprise. Oh my God, Latinos are people too. And what strikes me about this is I, I, I think that politicians need to understand that these are universal issues, universal truths. And it goes back to the idea that uh, the Hispanic voter is not a monolith. It almost feels reductive and pandering when we talk about Latinx voters as a whole. And at a corporate level, when you're promoting civic engagement, how do you walk this line, right? Because you're, you're not just a media company. You are a corporation. And you do have to walk this this interesting line about, you know, people have their own assumptions about this community. Do you find yourself having to dispel myths up front and level set discussions in the playing field when you're when you're working outside of the community in order to educate them about the community that you serve? I think that's why our work is so important and really goes beyond our Latino community. And why we put so much emphasis on being factual, number one, but also you alluded to polls, right? We put out polls, we put out white papers, we do our own research and insight studies that we share very broadly. And we don't share it just within our own Latino community, but really extend that to, to mainstream America, right? Because it is important for all of us to understand that we're all part of this one great country. Hispanics and not, mm -hmm. right? And so having that understanding, again, driven by data and research, right, really helps to navigate those conversations and help folks understand that, yes, we may be labeled one or the other, but we are all part of this great fabric of America and we have all, you know, contributed to the, to the greatness of it all. That is also, you know, part of the reason why we often have deep dives into specific subject areas or specific white papers that we develop precisely to give that deeper rooted research rooted information mm -hmm. about the Latino community, what we are, what we represent, what we care about, right? And and oftentimes you'll see that in some ways we defer from general market and Many times not. To your point earlier, my, the research that we did during the elections, like COVID and the economy <laughs> were the top two topics, right, that mattered to Latino voters the most. No surprise there. Right, right. It's just the way that it affects the community that could be different. And I think that's the nuance, right, that we uncover when we do those polls. Before we take a break, I wanted to ask you one question uh, going back into one of your uh, in, into your previous roles in communications and outreach. Throughout your career, you have focused on diverse populations from ethnic minorities, uh, LGBTQ plus populations and persons with disabilities as well. Yeah. 
How did this inform your approach to CSR at Telemundo in building these initiatives? Was it was it important for you to have the background with, uh, because obviously as a, as a Latina, you have your perspective, you have your experience in the world, you know, and obviously working in corporate America. Was it important for you to have the other uh, backgrounds with the other diverse populations and to bring that to Telemundo? Hands down. I think that is precisely what attracted me to the role, but also what is influencing so much of the programs and initiatives, right? Having that knowledge, having worked in general market my entire career, but having those deep dives into, to your point, those various segments of the population really helps to inform and bring about different views that you may not have considered or thought about. And so even um, most recently, I was having a conversation about the service member population, right? They are the most diverse in every way you look at it because Mm -hmm. every part of the population is sort of represented in there. And so I absolutely think that having worked essentially my entire career before going to Telemundo in general market with a specific eye and understanding of those various segments bring forth a much deeper and broader understanding of how to elevate the thinking in, in what it takes to be engaged in specific segments. Brilliant. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Christina and lean into a few other things before we wrap up. We'll be right back. Is your company looking to scale? Mori Creative Studios is a Diamond HubSpot partner agency that helps organizations leverage HubSpot's platform to achieve sustainable and predictable growth. From video production and inbound content marketing to sales and customer retention strategies, Mori Creative Studios provides comprehensive digital solutions for your company so you can grow for good. Visit moricreative.com to learn more. Welcome back to Grow for Good. This is Jed Mori. I'm talking with Christina Kolbjörsson from Telemundo, as you know, and uh, we are having a spirited dialogue about several different topics. And I, I want to continue with one of the themes that we were talking about before in terms of the election, uh, because now that we can Monday morning quarterback the election, Christina, were there any surprises for you and your team? Did you hit the engagement goals that you laid out? What What did you learn from this process? Because the community that you serve was so highlighted in all media, not just obviously through Telemundo, but all media. What did you learn from this process that will be able to, I guess, carry on through even non-election years that, that was really important? So, Jed, great question. I think two things. One is how much our coverage of the process and the election mattered. Mm. We had record-breaking engagement in our all across all of our news programming, whether on air or digital or social. It was absolutely amazing to see the extent in which our Latino viewers and, and communities engaged and wanted the information and watched, right? So I think That was great, knowing that we delivered what it is that our audience really wanted. Secondly, I would just say that, you know, this thinking that Latinos are a monolithic group and we all think alike, 
and have the same values and care about the same or vote the same, that really came through, right? And I think, you know, it it was, it definitely, these elections definitely reinforced that point. Mm -hmm. And going forward, I think it's going to be a bit eye-opening to all to realize and, and validate what that means. In other words, you know, for folks out there, like, what does it mean going forward into the midterm elections in two years, right? And then next presidential election, like, how are we going to be taking the learnings of what transpired, right? The Arizona versus Florida, right? And how those states voted, right? And what does that mean in terms of engagement, in terms of messaging, and in terms of connection points how do you differentiate your approach knowing and as demonstrated by the election just how different the various groups are and the states are and the experiences are i'm wondering what you know what i actually have an off on topic off script question for you because language is really important to us as a media company as a marketing agency and we still have a few journalism products that 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 we maintain when we describe the population, there's a trend towards the term Latinx, which I've used, uh, but almost interchangeably with Latino and Hispanic. One of the interesting parts, obviously, about, about the Spanish language is that Latina has implications in, in terms of gender as Latino does, but Latino could be used to refer to the entire population. When you're counseling uh, people to talk about the community that might be from a, a non-Hispanic lens, what is the most appropriate way to refer to the entire community today in this moment in time? That is a question that comes up quite a bit um, in our world. So we use Latino and Hispanic interchangeably. Okay. There are schools of thought that Hispanic is used more predominantly on the East Coast and Latino more predominantly on the West Coast. Oh, is that right? We use it interchangeably. Um, and to your point, Latina refers to female gender, um, but la- Latino is the neutral um, approach. Latinx is popping up more and more. My personal opinion, just <laughs> to be clear, um, I think is preferred and more indicative of a younger audience. So I think it's just the new term that's surfacing more and more. And some choose to use it, others don't. We have an actual show, both on our digital and on-air platforms, called Latinx Now. So we definitely are uh, fans of it, and we use it. So all three work. Okay. I love that. Thank you. Because language does matter, and it's important to get it right. When you're coming from an outside perspective, it's also important to honor the wishes of the constituency group that you're speaking to or speaking with. And a lot of that is coming through, uh, you know, the education that we're all getting in terms of LGBTQ rights yes. and, you know, how we, how we refer to sex versus refer to gender and, you know, just honoring these things. I know some people are frustrated by it, mm-hmm. but it's important because it does, it does signal a sense of honor in a way to get it right, or at least to have, to be curious about it and have the discussion. And you just hit on something about the youth that I was curious about. You did some research in young Latino voters specifically. Can you share some insights into how you see issues coming into play for the next generation that's that's coming up now that 
maybe even grew up with both languages in the household, grew up with being, um, I guess, having experience with both sides of media, not just strictly Spanish language media, different cultural experiences. What's on the minds of the Latin youth today that, that you've discovered in, uh, throughout this last year? The research that we did publish in the fall was conducted after the unfortunate incidents with the a murder of George Floyd, which turned out to uncover very interesting insights for us, having gone in the field at the time that we did. Above all, I will say that this next generation of leaders care deeply about social justice. Mm -hmm. That came through regardless of whether they were born in the states or not, whether they were Democrats or Republicans, whether whichever country of origin their families were from, across the board, that generation of young leaders care deeply about social justice. And it was very dominant in our findings. They cared and were great allies of the Black Lives Matter movement and seemed to really want to see change mm -hmm. and are willing to lead in that space. Social causes is just really surfacing and bubbling up to the top. I don't know if it's related, but can you tell me about Telemundo Academy? Uh, so Telemundo Academy is it's a program that we have under our corporate social responsibility platform that you and I spoke of a bit earlier in the program under our education pillar. And it is an initiative that is really aimed at preparing the next generation of leaders in media. Mm. With that, we developed a program for high school, college, and early stage professionals where we expose them to a series of lectures that are held and actually the instructors are our own Telemundo as senior executives and helping them understand sort of the world of media from A to Z. It's semester long for the high school and college uh, students, and it's an 18-month fellowship for the early stage professionals. No, it's extraordinary. It's been incredible to see the engagement and the interest from these young, aspiring future media leaders, and importantly, just how much interest there continues to be in that field, right? And we want to make sure that those who have interest or those who are considering career have the opportunity to be exposed to it, understand what it is, hear from our executives. Pre-pandemic, we were hosting the lectures at our headquarters in, in Miami, Telemundo Center. Unfortunately, with the pandemic and everything sort of going virtual, we have been, we have continued with the program, but virtually. But I say that with a pause because by going virtually, we realized that in 2021, we can actually touch so many more students, right? Because all of a sudden, we're no longer necessarily restricted to hosting everything and everyone in person 
at Telemundo Center, but now we can sort of open it up a bit more broadly and invite so many more to take part of it. So we're really looking forward and excited about what's to come. See, that's so interesting because when we launched Grow for Good, it was at the beginning of the year. And the first two conversations we had, I think, were Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic. So you can imagine that they changed dramatically. Everything obviously uh, went to uh, virtual, remote, and, and recordings. And the topics and the tone changed. Some of the entrepreneurs were really struggling. Some of them were thriving. Everybody was seeing the world differently. COVID has been incorporated into most of our conversations this year, as you can imagine. And I'm wondering, that's a great example that you just gave about how you were able to maybe see something differently that can now achieve scale in a much more significant way. I'm wondering, has COVID influenced or shaped your CSR goals specifically in any way where you're like, okay, I'm going to have to do this differently. And there's something else that I want to do now because I see there's a weakness exposed in our population that I, I feel compelled to to fix. Well, definitely COVID unfortunately impacted the Hispanic community more so than general population, unfortunately, at all levels, whether it's economically, we spoke about the impact on small and medium-sized businesses, but also Hispanics are also essential workers, right? They're your nurses, they're your doctors, they are your farmers. If not for them, right, we there wouldn't be food on our tables or at the grocery stores and um, our first responders, right? They're, we are part of all of those critical workers. And so we did, I talked to you, you a bit about how we help small and medium-sized businesses. We also realized very quickly into the pandemic when we were realizing that so many across America were suffering from food shortages. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, how did it shift? It shifted our thinking in, into really stepping up and seeing an opportunity again to help and be there for them. Thankfully, we're, we were able to partner with Feeding America in finding ways to inform our constituents and our community on what is available out there to also get the help for them to, again, be able to survive these challenging times. So it's really about keeping your pulse on your community and really learning to pivot and do it quickly. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, we want to be helpful. We want to offer resources that are strictly aligned with what is needed and not just pie in the sky <laughs> um, approaches and hoping that it sticks. You know, beyond, I'm just going to give a little shout out to my hometown, beyond the, um, yes, farming, putting food on your tables, front line. I live in a predominantly Latino community on Long Island. We also have the best restaurants and the best food. And I'm just going to say it right now that we have a Peruvian restaurant. We have a Salvadorian restaurant. We have an authentic Mexican restaurant. We've got it all. And it is the best. And if you don't live in a Latino community like that, you're missing out and you need to travel into one when the pandemic is over and get some good food on. So as a media organization, I imagine you're constantly solicited in a good way for nonprofit partnerships and collaborations. 
uh, even without CSR, that is very typical is that people look to media organizations to help them support their initiatives. What do you look for in those type of partnerships? If somebody wanted to collaborate in a really positive way with Telemundo, what do you say to them? What do you look for in a partnership? Key to the partnerships is twofold. One is the alignment with our goal and the needs of our community. Really making sure that what it is that we're solving for, what it is that we're seeking to achieve aligns with what their needs out there are. So really working together toward one common goal. And secondly, what I look for is this idea of to your point, a relationship, not a one-time engagement. So really having a strategic partnership and conversation from the get-go and establishing how it is that we are going to work together is truly the key ingredient to the success. Okay. Hopefully we'll see a day in the coming year or so that the impact of, of coronavirus begins to subside a little bit. And the elections behind us and, and all sorts of craziness. Uh, and do you have plans on your roadmap personally for CSR at Telemundo that you're particularly excited about? I think for now, going into 2021, I do believe that the pandemic, unfortunately, is going to continue to be our number one focus. There's just so much needed out there, yeah. uh, right? Taking a deeper dive into the impact that it has and continues to have on the community, whether it's on health, right, both physical and emotional, whether it's economically, the impact that it's having on individuals and businesses, to your point earlier, on education with the children and the students, not having the same engagement, right, as they would if they were to go to school in person. It's impacting, unfortunately, Again, the disadvantaged communities more so than others. So I do feel and see that 2021 is going to continue to lean into that. Interestingly, they all align with our CSR pillars, education, health, right, finance. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think for us, it's an easy pivot. It's just with a deeper dive into analyzing and understanding the impact of this pandemic and what we can do to help not just solve for the most pressing issues, but also finding and providing long-term solutions to help our community move forward. Since we're releasing this during the holidays, is there anything specific that you're doing during the holiday season uh, that you can call out? Oh, so I spoke about the impact on education, right? And how this is really affecting the students and the way that they engage and the way they learn and our complete dependence, you and I and everyone out there on connectivity, right? Access to digital learning, access to a laptop and a computer. And so we, this month, together with Comcast Internet Essentials, we are announcing and giving away a thousand laptops and one year of internet, free internet subscription to Hispanic families across the U.S. for the holiday season. This donation really ties into our broader mission to bridge the digital divide, but it also contributes to the learning gap for students 
social isolation of seniors, really issues that have been exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. And so having the ability to be able to have this gift out there and really help those who need it most warms my heart, but that's really why we're all in it. That's awesome. I love that. Before we go, is there anything that I didn't cover that you wanted to talk about today? Or can you let our listeners know how maybe to, if they have a partnership idea or if they just had a question for you, how they can get in touch with uh, CSR at Telemundo? Of course. So first, Jed, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you. We are fortunate to have the time to to talk about this and to really highlight a bit of the efforts of um, Telemundo and, and our community. But I really want to thank you for giving us this platform to do so. To your question, how to learn more. So we do have, Telemundo does have a destination page, essentially, that highlights all of our corporate social responsibility efforts. And it's um, elpoderinti.com. Uh, so I'll spell it because it's you know, all in Spanish. E-L-P-O-D-E-R. E-N-T-I.com. There's just a ton of information. There's also a way to reach us. Um, we just released our new happy holidays spot. So thank you for having us. And I hope that you enjoy your holiday season. Thank you. You as well. I can say that this was an absolute pleasure on our side. Uh, I'd appreciate you coming on the show. That is Christina Kolbjörsson a giant in the field of CSR, a native New Yorker who even spent time on my beautiful little Isle of Long and working for the great Telemundo. Christina, thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure, Jed. Thank you so much for having me. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. If you have any suggestions for a guest on the show, feel free to email us at growforgood at moricreative.com. And if you like the show, then like us, rate us, review us wherever you download podcasts. And we'll see you on the next show. The Grow for Good podcast is produced and distributed by Mori Creative Studios, a Diamond HubSpot partner agency that helps organizations leverage HubSpot to achieve sustainable growth. Grow for Good is a registered trademark of Mori Creative Studios. This is a Mori Creative Studios podcast.